Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Your Normal Books. My name is Kalen. How are you guys doing today? I am doing pretty good. My arm hurts like hell. I got my first COVID vac shot today. So I've got three weeks till I go back to my next one. And uh, yeah, I noticed that it was really sore while I was folding laundry. Folding laundry is supposed to be something that is a mindless, numbless task that doesn't take much. Also, so I had to also clean my bed sheet or wash my bed sheets this weekend because, you know, my dog likes to lay in the bed and everything and she sheds like five million hairs every fucking day and it's... I, I didn't even think I got a dog that shed, but man, it's everywhere. But so I get dog hair all over my bed. So, wash the sheets, put them back on, and I came up to the fitted sheet, and I realized I don't know how to correctly fold a fitted sheet. I've tried, but, like, it comes out, I, I don't, I don't even think there's a shape that can describe the outcome of how that is folded there's like five or there's at least seven different corners on this thing. I, I don't understand it. Whenever I start dating again and I find a guy who can fold a fitted sheet perfectly. Oh, I, I don't care if he's a slot. I will marry him. I, that is a talent, and for a guy to be able to do that and do that correctly, that's just sexy. I'm sorry, it is. Also, a guy that wants to just do dishes, too. I'm just like, yes, please. Um, God, I feel like I'm putting a dating profile on, on here now. Must be willing to wash dish dishes at least once a week. Is Can fold the fitted sheet properly. Like... That should be in dating profiles, truthfully. No one, like, it, it's fun to read. Oh, I I like to walk. I, I like to take long walks in nature. I'm just like, good. Awesome. Walking's fun. What can you do around the house that would help me out? Please tell me that. I, I, I feel like that would be more interesting in a dating profile than... Then putting lyrics to the song, I like drinking pina coladas and taking walks in the rain. I think that's how it goes. Oh, and getting caught in the rain. Sorry, I had to think of the lyrics. And for some reason, how I thought of the song is I thought of the movie Shrek. Put it into motion because I was so afraid of failing. You know, let's talk about the movie Shrek here for a minute because I feel like that is like one of the most underrated animated movies out there. And it's so good, but here's the thing. I, so a couple years ago, I was babysitting my, my little brothers because I don't remember where my dad and his ex-wife went. They went somewhere. And so I'm babysitting, babysitting, and I'm just like, you know what? Hi. And I'm just like, you know what, let's watch some movies. So I'm just like, okay, what can we put on? Thinking about like that. And I'm just like, you know what, Shrek is a good movie. And my dad had, at the time, he had a fire stick that was jailbroke. So was able to find it on there. And I forgot how fucking funny that movie is. Plus, the amount of innuendos in that is brilliant. Plus, every once in a while, like, if we... Usually on holidays, we plan on doing, like, a big breakfast that's, like, waffles or anything else like that. So then we'll do the quote, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Sometimes we'll even do a... Like, uh, when I was in San Francisco, we were at... Um, 
Land's End, I believe it was. And, you know, there's some big rocks out there where we're doing the nature walks. And uh, we passed some boulders. I'm just like, I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. Like, we did chill. Like, like we did. Oh, fuck. Like, growing up. Growing up, me, my brother, and my sister, we used to um, quote movies all the time. And our favorite movies to quote were, I shit you not, for some reason my parents let us watch these at a very young age. But Liar Liar, Big Daddy, and Austin Powers. So we couldn't call Fat Bastard Fat Bastard. We call him Fat Beaster because we weren't allowed to say Bastard. Um, but we would always, in very horrible Scottish accents, um, used to do some of his more memorable, most, uh, more memorable quotes, which is, I'm so sorry for my accent, but we would say this all the time, be just like, oh, I got shit on that, like a chunk of donkey, I got bigger chunks of corn in my crap, like, the, just shit like that we would do all the damn time, and for liar, liar, it was... We did the claw a lot. Um, Big Big Daddy was a big one that we watched a lot when growing up. Also Ace Ventura. But that one was a little bit harder to do quotes from because we didn't watch it all that much. And I wish I could do the same really for books that I can do for movies where I can just pull like a quote off the top of my head from it. And the thing is... I the the movies that I can quote I've watched so many times over and over and over again, and a lot of the times with a lot of the books that I read, it's I read it once, maybe maybe a couple times, and then really I don't pick it up again. And I mean, there is one quote that I do know from um, a book and it's a book by Rebecca Royce, an author that we've covered on here. And it's from her wing of Artemis series. Cause I, the, cause I actually have that tattooed on my arm and it's a beautiful quote. Absolutely love it. And it makes it, here's what the quote is. It, 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 it says, you can't let the fear of a terrible thing stop you from embracing the possibility of greatness. And I feel in everyday life that we do fear that we're going to fail at something. We do fear that this terrible thing's going to happen, so we stop whatever we're doing, even though that could build us to greatness. Like, and the, it's such a perfect quote, and you know, it's actually something that I truly believe in too, because there's so many times where I stop myself from doing something because I believe that it's not going to work well. Like the amount of times, especially with this podcast that I thought about doing it, I, I told friends I wanted to do this. And then I second guess myself that, cause it took me what? seven months to have a fully on plan to actually I did not stop myself at this which I am grateful for because any other time I would have stopped and be just like no there I, I mean there's still some days where I think to myself you know maybe Maybe this should be the last episode. Maybe I shouldn't do any more. Maybe I should stop now. But with you guys that listen, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to. Because the next book could be something that you've never heard of before. Something that you've never read. Something that sounds interesting. And it makes you want to get in and read it. Really, I don't want to stop until you guys don't listen anymore. All right. With that being said, we are going to get into our new book. He was more animal-like than human-like in his behavior. Now, with Sawyer living in the house with these five guys, she's having a hard time not being attracted to them because she knows... 
it probably won't end well if if they start something together because the thing is she knows exactly what's going on in her whole past and how nothing will stop it from coming into the present but the guys are also feeling are are, are starting to have an attraction to her as well some more than others some are fighting it more Okay, well, my printer is on the fritz as of right now, which is fun. So I'm going to, instead of printing off all the notes, I'm, son of a bitch, I'm going to uh, just read it from my computer. So hopefully nothing goes wonky or anything. Oh, that's gross. Sorry, I have my glasses off and I'm looking at like the bottom of it where like the lens meets the frame and... I highly recommend if you have white bottoms of your glasses, don't look. It's, um, oh God, it's gross. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so get myself situated. So the book that we have is A Life of Shadows by Kristen Bennett. I believe I am pronouncing her last name correctly. Um, so about Kristen. She loves to read books that make people cry and write books that make others cry. She believes there is nothing and no one perfect and enjoys exploring those imperfections with her characters. Speaking of her characters, they might think that she's crazy, but this can't be confirmed. You might have to ask her family, though. So our characters are Sawyer, Shadow, Axel, Charlie, Liam, Vincent, Xander, Elijah, Quinn, Jasper, James, Missy, Talon, and Henry. So we first meet Sawyer, and she is a 24-year-old woman living in New York. She's working at a gym with her best friend, Charlie. Now, both Charlie and Sawyer are what are called magi, which is a human with magical abilities. Now... You can have anywhere between one to five abilities. Um, those abilities can be anything from controlling the element, fire, earth, water, wind, um, to something that is somewhat like transporting. I, well, I can't say transporting because that means portaling. We'll do portaling. Um, Charlie is able to heal injuries, and I believe that is the only ability that he has, but he's he is a very powerful healer. Um, while Sawyer, on the other hand, she has the abilities to sublimate, which is like becoming a cloud or mist-like form that's able to move, um, through. I believe they can do, like, through cracks, stuff like that. Um, she can also... Uh, blink, which is some, which basically, if you can see it in front of you, you can basically in a blink of an eye get to get to that distance. So that's kind of what I meant by like when I said like um, transporting. She has an animal bond, phasing, which phasing is like you're able to walk through anything solid. And cloaking, which you can become invisible. Now, the one thing that I do like about this when they were explaining it is that so they were they were explaining what cloaking is, and basically when you become invisible, your entire world turns like shades of gray. And I find that so interesting. Now, it makes me wonder that if that person is completely colorblind, because my brother-in-law is completely colorblind, I'm wondering if he had the ability of cloaking, if everything would just stay the same, or if he would see the world in color. I mean, that's something to think on. Uh, so... She Sawyer is in LA for a job. She's a thief when she is caught by or found by her ex Axel and his 
minions. So a little over four years ago, Axel thought that she was dead. Him, him and his people killing her. Uh, but she ended up surviving and has been in hiding since. So she, when she's found, like she's in the middle of a job and she's found, she doesn't complete the job, but she basically has to fight for her life to be able to get out of there alive. Now, once she gets out of there, she goes to one of her contacts in LA is a guy named Travis. Now Travis has the ability to create portals, basically, um, you can go from one place to another in a portal. So um, he makes a portal that goes from L.A. to New York. I don't know exactly what part of New York, but it does say that the gym is located in the Bronx. Now, if you were to take a flight from L.A. to uh, New York, that'd roughly be five and a half, six hour flight. When you're portaling, you're there in seconds. Now, they once they get to New York, they go straight to her and Charlie's place because they live right above the gym. And she tells Charlie um, exactly what went down. Now, Charlie is the only one who knows her whole backstory, her history, everything else. Because when she... When, Axel and his guys, when they thought that she was dead, like she had, I she had some internal injuries. She was shot. I believe there might have been some stab wounds. Um, so he healed her, and she and she told him everything from when she was a child growing up in the orphanage to when he just found her. So back in LA the next day, you've got Vincent and Elijah who are members of the IMPO. Now that now that stands for the International Magi Police Organization. Um, think of them as uh, special agents for the FBI. It, it's very similar to um, basically what their job title is. It seems uh, so. The reason that they're there is because they're hunting Axel. Now, Axel is a crime lord and is on their top ten most wanted. Uh, the guys are looking through the video footage. Now, the video footage that they're looking at is a fight between Sawyer and Axel and his minions. And while, when Sawyer does her job, she wears a mask that completely... Like, you can't see any of her face for from it. And in this fight, that mask gets, like, basically knocked off her face. And so they realize that they've seen a picture of this woman before. So they get in touch with their two teammates, Xander and Jasper. Now, they had been looking for her for almost two years. She is... Their missing childhood friend. They all grew up in the orphanage together. Now, how they came into the orphanage is this. So Sawyer, she never knew any of her birth parents. Her mother died giving birth to her. Uh, her mother actually never even named her. It was one of the nurses that did that. And as far as I know, she never knew who her father was. Um, Xander, his mom gave him up to the orphanage when he was, I want to say he was like between four and six. And Jasper, no one knew that he was a Magi because this orphanage is only for Magi children. Um, his entire family was non-Magi. And they died in a car accident, and he was the only survivor. Unfortunately, it did take a little while before um, someone, before a healer in the Magi community had found him and realized that he was Magi, but he was having, until till, to this day, he was still having problems with his knee, which in turn gave problems to all the rest of his body for the most part. Now, 
the guys in their team, they come up with a plan to, that they that they are going to take her into protective custody and have her help them capture Axel in order to have, to have her freedom. Because at this point, they just think that she's a thief. And it won't come out to what she is until later or who she is until later. So the gym that Sawyer and Charlie... Uh, run as I said before it's in the Bronx and it's where they teach self-defense to children teens and adults now all these lessons are free they don't charge any of them because most of all of their clients come from abusive homes of some sort and it's always like a little bit after they show up to the gym for the first time that the abuser is gone and never comes back. So Sawyer, what she does, she goes to them and first she tries to talk them into leaving, like, and like telling them you're going to leave, you're never going to come back. And of course, that the the person who's the abuser, um, it, it it's not always a male abuser. But the person that's the abuser, they're always just like, oh, no, you can't do anything to me. Well, she beats them literally to like an inch of their life and then throws them into a hospital parking lot and leaves them there. And then they're gone because she does give them a warning. If you come back, it'll be 10 times worse than this. So for the children that don't have any family left to take them in, they're giving to safe foster homes. Um... So none of them get lost in the system. And with Sawyer growing up in the orphanage herself, like she can understand kind of what these kids are going through. So at this gym once a month, Charlie and Sawyer, they hold what's called a fight night, which is kind of like an underground fight club. Now, Sawyer, she only fights when she really needs a blow off steam. So they have... They have fights where Magi do use music, music, wow, magic. Um, and then they also have fights to where no one uses any magic. And it's not always Magi that are fighting either. You could have a Magi fight a non-Magi. You could have two Magis fighting without magic, two Magis fighting with magic, two non-Magi fighting. So it, it's basically like a hodgepodge of whatever at this point. So it, when she came back from LA, she had a couple injuries where it was going to take a week or two for them to fully heal. So we're at the second fight night that she has um, after being fully healed. And that's when she's taken into custody by Vincent and his team. And she knows right away that Charlie set this up. Now, the reason that she knows this is because Charlie knows what will happen to her if Axel ever gets his hands on her again. Like, she, he knows this. They, and he, the reason he's doing this is because he wants to keep her safe. And she's not that mad about it. Because she, she understands. But she's a little ticked. So they end up leaving... New York, the Sawyer and the IMPO team, they leave New York and first she, she makes a, a, a deal with them that she'll go quietly and everything with them as long as she can say goodbye to her class. So the team is seeing how disappointed that these little kids are because she has to leave. Even though she explained kind of they've they're bad people after her, these guys are gonna keep her safe, just just things like that. So once they leave, they head to Georgia. Now she has no good memories of Georgia. Uh there she goes through training to be a consultant for the IMPO, even though it's really the last thing that she fucking wants to do. In her I'm going to call it her previous life. Um, she had certain weapons that she used. Now, Elijah has one of those weapons. So Elijah is like their 
weapons creator, I, I guess you want to say, for him. Uh, he has one of his abilities is fire manipulation. So he uses that to construct weapons, um, meld them, and, and everything else. Um, and he ha he actually has one of her daggers from her former life. And it kind of gets to her. She also meets Quinn, who's not, not all that well versed in human interactions. And that's because how he was raised. And we'll get into that here in a little while. And it does take a few weeks for him to warm up to her. And his the feeling of his magic is very feral so it kind of like gives a, everyone's like a very cautious when it comes to him and not pissing him off or anything else like that now she does find out that the entire team they live together in one house now the only time that a member of the team would possibly leave to go live somewhere else would be when they got married so, while she's with the team, she finds out that Elijah is bi and very open with it. And the thing the thing with Elijah, like, he is, like, the funny guy of the group, in a way. He flirts with everyone, and, he's, and he flirts with everyone constantly. It doesn't matter if they're bi, straight, gay. Like, he... It, it, it's just his personality. So as I said before, Jasper has a knee injury from the car accident that killed his family that was never properly taken care of. And it has started to affect his hip. Now Xander is a very big risk taker of the group. And he also teaches the sparring lessons. Now Jasper, along with Vincent, are they're very rule-oriented. Um, everything needs to be just so with them. And Vincent's also a clean freak. He's very anal about that. Quinn is a teacher of wilderness survival. Now, he was raised by his mother, who is a druid. They're all women and tend to live in seclusion within groups. So he, him living in a very secluded area, raised by a woman who believed in survival of the fittest, and didn't have much interaction with anyone else. He, oh, there was, um, so when he came into modern civilization, with the IMPO, there is only a certain number of groups that are special agents. Um, a lot of the ones that are just agents are kind of more like detectives in a way than, like, high on the food chain. So there is another group of special agents in the IMPO that are trying to get custody of Sawyer. And they're saying that since Jasper and Xander grew up with her, that it's a conflict of interest and that they'll give in to her every whim, which is not the case. Now, the head of this team, his name is John. Now, John is a straight fucking ass. And he calls Vincent's team like every derogatory name you could think of. And... John is pushing for a meeting with not only his handler, but Vincent's team and their handler. And in this meeting, everything goes fucking south. Now, John is being a straight bully in this saying, and but he ends up saying a th something that kind of triggers a memory in Sawyer's mind. And it's when he calls Vincent Vinny. Now this memory that comes forth is Axel telling her that he has a brother named Vinny and that he works for the good guys. Now she realizes who exactly Vincent is. And the day or so beforehand, she had played chess with him and did a move that Axel had taught her that he always won with. Vincent also played chess with Axel. So they both know who exactly... Well, 
so Sawyer knows that Vincent is Axel's brother. And Vincent knows that Sawyer is Axel's ex with the things that she had talked about. Now, Sawyer came in, she was talking about how um, she had, she never named names, saying how she had a very abusive ex, how um, it took years for her to leave and everything else. And, and she doesn't go into detail of what the abuse really was, but with some of the interactions that she had with them, like they kind of figured out uh, what it was. So once she realizes all this, she kind of like plays it cool, like nothing's bugging me, anything like that. So they get down to the parking garage and all hell fucking breaks loose because multiple cars in this parking garage blow up. So when Sawyer comes to, um, she is surrounded by her old crew, which is Axel's minions. Uh, they drug her and they take her somewhere else. And I believe they're in a airplane hangar of some sort. So once she wakes up there, they start to beat on her. And Axel tells her that she wants to fight in the old, old world style, meaning she wants to fight with only weapons and no magic. He agrees to this, but he doesn't join in the fight himself. So Missy's the first one to come up. Now Missy and Sawyer have this... There is no love between them. It's all straight hate. Uh, so Missy carries a scar on her throat from Sawyer. And Sawyer carries um, scars from bullet wounds from Missy. Sawyer ends up killing Missy, and after that, Axel throws Talon in, to, in. And while she's fighting Talon, that is when the guys come in. And how they were able to find her is one of Quinn's abilities is he has the ability to track. So all he needed was something that meant something to her that kind of had like an imprint of her on it and then he could find her that way. So they start, there's the more fighting going on. Sawyer's down because she's, I mean, she's had the shit kicked out of her. So she's got some internal injuries, but she's kind of just ignoring that because she needs this to end. And she has one secret left that she has not told anyone on the team. And... In order for her to win this battle, she has to have this cuff taken on her. Now, when she was first taken into custody of Vincent and his team, they put on a magical suppressing cuff on her. So she's not able to use any of her abilities. And how she gets Vincent to take this cuff off her is she tells him that she is the assassin Shadow who is presumed dead. And that she will be dead if he waits any longer to take this damn cuff off. So he takes the cuff off and she goes after one of the minions ends up killing him and knocks out Talon. Now, the reason that they wanted to knock out Talon is because he's known as a vampire. No, he does not drink blood or anything. What he does is he kind of, I, I, I don't want to say siphon. But he can borrow one's ability and use it as his own. So he doesn't have ability himself. But if he's, if, I don't know if, if the person has to allow it or if he can just kind of copy that ability and then use it. Like it's almost like a mimic in a way. Um, so they want him alive, uh, so then they can kind of question and, and, and study him because they don't have any vampires that they can study. Now that's also spelled differently. I believe it's spelled V-A-M-P-R-Y. 
I believe that is the correct spelling of that. Um, so Sawyer's like after after she gets Talon unconscious and everything, like she's starting to feel all of her injuries. Um, she has two broken ribs that have punctured her lungs, um, and uh, some more bruising as well. Uh, and Axel's the only one left standing, and she's going to leave that for Vincent because she knows that Vincent needs this. So she starts kind of like walking back to where the rest of the team is when she feels this pain in her abdomen. Now, Axel had used his telekinesis to shove a blade there, and this stab wound had just become very fatal for her. With all the other injuries that she had, she... Mo, if, if she does not get help now, she will not live. Xander has the uh, healing abilities in the group. And there was an instance where um, Quinn tried to take down the building. Just so basically, uh, not, not take down the building, but... Um, he, he shook the building and that kind of collapsed some beams and everything else. And one of the beams landed on um, Jasper's leg, crushing it from basically right above the knee down. With Jasper's leg being crushed, Xander had to use a lot of his healing ability to, uh, to help him. Now, he used up most of his source. Now, the source is kind of like the well of magic in a person. It is not always constant. You can't use it for... You can't... Like, you can only use it for so long before it has to recharge. And so he used majority of it with Jasper. Now, he's so close to burnout, which means... When he starts to heal Sawyer to try to keep her alive, he runs out and he, become, and he burns out. Meaning he has no source of his left. So what he does to, to ensure that Sawyer heals enough to survive is that he uses some of his own life source to save her. Which almost does kill himself in the process because, I mean, he's using his own life to save another life. And Elijah is the one who actually takes down Axel before backup arrives. Now, backup takes fucking forever to get to them. You would think that they would get there just a little bit after, like, um, the team got there, right? No, it's like 20 fucking minutes later. And when... Okay, so... I'm going to go back to the parking garage before it blew up. So Vincent and his team, they were not the only ones in this parking garage. John and his team were in there as well. But all of the team members were either killed or critically injured, except for John, who has no injuries on him whatsoever. So you knew he had something to do with this because if not, he would have some sort of injury. So all of the members on Vincent's team, they make it out alive and everything, but Jasper is the only one. Jasper and Sawyer are the only ones that are hurt. Jasper loses his leg. And, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a silver lining in this. It's the leg that he hurt his knee on that was giving him issues. So he'll no longer have those issues, which, I mean, is a little bit of a silver lining. Um, and Sawyer's alive, but she hasn't woken up, and no one can figure out why all her vitals are stable. But you see that in, like, everyday medicine to where a person will go into a coma for some reason, and they possibly do or don't wake up again. So Vincent tells his team, along with their handler, James, about what Sawyer had told him about how she was shadow and 
I mean, he does tell James, um, when he tells James, it's only him and James that, that talk. He doesn't, Vincent isn't with the rest of the team. And it comes to light that the team that Sawyer had got into contact beforehand, um, when she was using her alias Shadow, um, she made a deal because she wanted to get revenge on on Sawyer. Or, no, sorry. She wanted to get revenge on Axel. And I'll get into why she wanted to get that revenge. But she made a deal with the IMPO, which was um, basically, it really wasn't for her freedom. It was just, she never made it to go free. She just made it to get the revenge. So, she, they had originally agreed on the terms with the WMC, which is the World Magi Council. And so that they were, they were going to basically, the very, very, very fine print, the smallest print there basically said that um, the WMC would use Sawyer as her their own personal assassin to when it's needed but the deal made it look like she would be a consultant for the IMPO for five years so James is going to try to get the WMC to keep that original deal and for right now they're not going for it now Xander tells James that or no not sorry not there yet um the WMC believe that um Sawyer or Shadow had orchestrated this entire thing to be free or something along those lines. In the end, it's what Xander says to James that gets the WMC to change their mind. Basically, Xander says, look, if they don't agree to this, we're going to go rogue. We're going to take Sawyer and we're going to disappear and you'll never be able to find us again. And that convinces the WMC to go with the original deal. Now, Sawyer is stuck in her own head thinking that she's dead along with Henry, who was Axel's son. Um, Sawyer had loved him like he was her own, but that all came to a halt when, when Axel killed him. And that's kind of what she wanted to get revenge on him for was the death of his son. Since Jasper has the ability to dreamwalk, uh, he is able to go inside of her head, and when she sees Jasper, she immediately thinks that he's dead as well. And like she breaks down. She goes, I never wanted this for any of you guys. I want you guys all to be safe. Um, and he comes to the realization, fuck. She thinks she's dead. And thinks that we're all dead. And he has the heartbreaking task of telling her, the team survived, you're still alive, and you're stuck in your own head. And she is yet again forced to leave Henry. So she wakes up. And all the guys want answers to exactly how she became Shadow. So she goes, okay, I will tell you this, but we have to go somewhere first. So she has them take her to a bank and they get a safety deposit box out. And in there she has hidden, in there she has everything hidden from when she was Shadow. Now she tells them while she's being recorded how she was adopted by a recruiter when she was around 16. And that re well, she was adopted and when she was around 16 and the guy that adopted her was a recruiter for Axel. And uh, then they were introduced and she fell in love with him, but she didn't know it, he was a monster until it was too late. She tells him how she had a bonded animal, which was a small little house cat named Midnight, and how to keep her in line, Axel would torture the cat. And it went, and when it came clear that she was protective of Henry too, Axel killed her bonded animal. 
she tells him how one night Axel was beating her and how Henry tried to stop it, but Axel threw him into a wall, killing him. And that's the reason why she wanted to get revenge. I mean, he had taken basically everything from her. And when he found, when Axel found out that she was talking to the IMPO, he killed her or at least he think he, he thought he did. So Sawyer and the guys, after they're released from the hospital, Axel's in prison. Uh, majority of his minions are either dead or in prison themselves. And so Sawyer and the team, they go back to Georgia. They go back to their house. And everyone is just trying to like absorb Everything that they've learned, everything that Sawyer had told them, everything that she kind of went through. And it's either like a few days or a few weeks later that Vincent goes to her and tells her that the council has agreed to the terms that were originally set out for her. And she agrees to them basically becoming an agent and an assassin for the WMC. And that is the end of book one. Fuck. There's just a lot in this that uh, there's, there's so much that I didn't even touch. And this book, it's got so much depth in it. Death, depth, depth. I know what I'm trying to say, but apparently I cannot say it correctly. Depth in it. Yes. There's so much. There's so much detail, so much everything else. And it makes it such a fantastic read. And it's, and, and, and I'm going to say that this series is a book is, is it, it goes like this. You read the first book and you're just like, what the fuck? Then you read the second book and then you're just like, holy shit. And then you read the third book and you're just like, what the fuck? The fourth book, you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? The fifth book, you're screaming at the top of your lungs. Holy fucking shit. (laughs) Because the emotions that you go through reading this as you're thrown one way, then the next, then the next, and every which way, you're like this series is a fucking roller coaster and I love it. Oh my god, I love it. And and I know that this is the second book that or the second series that we've done with a badass female main character. And to tell you the truth, I think Sawyer is more badass than Lana. I'm sorry, but I do. Like, so, like they both have this very haunted past. They both have abusive exes. But... And, and they were both made into killers. I don't know. I, I've... You get finished with the series and... Or you even get finished with one of the books and you're thinking to yourself there's no way I'd be able to do this. And for me, absolutely no way. With having with surviving what Sawyer went through would be difficult enough. Living in a world where her past constantly haunts her. I know for a fact I wouldn't be able to do that. And her being able to survive and live and grow shows how much of a strong character that she is. And then when you add the guys into this as well, when you add in her childhood best friends and you get to see kind of what all their lives have shaped up to be. And I don't think that there's really anything 
that could or should be changed in in this book at all. It's it's fantastic how it is. Yes, there are some times where it can be a little dry reading this because it it goes into so much detail. It's so meticulous and everything else. But it's only very, very small parts that are like that. And it's not the entire book in whole. And especially when you get to where all this action is, where you're reading it and then you have to stop and you're just like, wait, I missed something. Then you have to go back because you get such in the, you, you get so into it that you kind of, you read it and then you think you've read, read what happened. Then you, then you read something and be like, wait, wait, I missed something. Then you have to go back again. Fuck. It's good. Like seriously, 10 out of 10 fucking stars for this book and the entire series. So good. Alright, so next week we'll have book two. Um, this, it, it's, as we go on, you'll get to see kind of what life has been like for Sawyer since she was a child. And... It's eye-opening for me. And I'll get into that next week. So, I'll be back next week for the next episode. If you guys want to find me on social media, you guys can do that on Twitter and Instagram at Not Your Normal Books Podcast. Uh, you can email me at NotYourNormalBooks at gmail.com. Please, please, please subscribe, rate, and review uh, every little thing helps me, word of mouth as well. That would be very, very, very nice. Anything, uh, if you guys want to email me or DM me on Instagram, it can be any questions that you have for me, any thoughts and feelings you have on any, on any of the books, any stories. Also, I would extremely love any book suggestions that you guys have as well. So I will see you guys next week.